0: Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar, weekdays at 2 on Mile High Sports. Welcome to the show. I'm Sean Trotar, Sandy Clough on my left. Big uh, week coming up for both the uh, Avalanche and the Nuggets. Of course, the Nuggets did have the draft last week. The NHL draft a little less impactful for the Avalanche at this stage. But free agency for both sports coming up uh, in rapid order. Negotiations for the nba can commence on the 30th free agency period opens the day after this saturday for the nhl prior to that the avalanche go ahead and make a move over the course of the weekend of some significance the name of the player perhaps the uh the, the bigger part of the equation but it's important to note that at age 30 ryan johansson is not the same player as he was a few years ago but sandy the Deal here for the Avs in which they simply gave up Alex Galchenyuk, who was uh, at one point a top pick, never really cracked uh, third any, overall pick, yeah, actually a higher, very pick high pick than Johansson had been a few years earlier. But uh, uh, Hanson yeah, was the fourth uh, overall pick. Been out of the league and then kind of came back. The Avs gave him a shot. Uh, obviously, in, in Nashville's finding itself in a very different place than the Avalanche, decided to go ahead and even eat some of that salary. Uh, So the Avs go ahead and bring in a a 30 year old who could become the second line center last year, 12 goals, 28 points in 55 games uh, has had some injuries. Chris McFarland, the uh, Avs GM said, quote, Ryan is a talented veteran center who helps our top six gives us size in the middle of the ice brings leadership and experience to our roster. We look forward to adding him to our team. The, addition is notable, especially given the fact that J.T. Comfort, who played that role essentially last year, is a free agent. That's right,
1: and I think the message there is that uh, the Avalanche believe they're almost certainly going to lose J.T. Comfort, that they can't afford him. Uh, they couldn't afford him before this trade. They can't afford him now uh, unless he wants to come back and play for essentially the same salary that the ABS will be playing Johansson. now. now the, the yeah the contract for Johansson is about eight million a year. It's eight million a year for two more years. So that's sixteen million dollars. Half of that will be absorbed by the Preds. What makes me like the deal a hell of a lot more than I like the player is the fact that Nashville one is willing to eat fifty percent of his salary, and two willing to trade
0: him within the division. Now, does that give you reason for concern when you see that? Sure, now, does. Now, sure of course, does. obviously Nashville Absolutely. is signaling that they're they're rebuilding. They think they're in a fire. They're sale, also they're signaling that Ryan so Johansson is washed, or at least they believe. Period. Certainly, they believe so. Enough well, that they'll pay him four million dollars a year to that, not man. play for them.
1: They they believe that, and yeah. they may believe that Matt Duchesne is next in line to go also because making he's making big million. money, right? And Duchesne is a better player than Johansson by. By a fairly significant margin, um, Johansson does have the advantage in coming here that he will be working for two guys who knew him from his days in Columbus. Those two people being head coach Jared Bednar and aforementioned general manager Chris McFarlane. And that uh, statistically speaking, he had his best, year, by far his best years, uh, with Columbus, not Really, with Nashville, he has scored uh, during his time strictly with Nashville more than fifteen goals. Exactly one time, right? In eight years. Um, now that one time don't, was don't expect two seasons ago. Much more a, uh, than twelve goal to season, goals. Which was I, I get that,
0: but that looks phenomenal. like an that anomaly. looks like an outlier. Yeah, it does.
1: Um, he's a great face-off man. Now that is undeniable because i think going back since 2012 2013 he's been over 50% in faceoff wins the avalanche team last year that averaged wins on only 46.7% of the faceoffs they took and so you take this player at 30 coming off a 55 game season in which he had 38 points. Uh, the Preds picking up half his contract with two years left on it. Uh, bring some size, uh, bring some leadership. He was a popular player in Nashville and in Columbus and it's protection against JT comfort leaving. And the the Avs have a couple of restricted free agents, uh, in Byram and Newhook, one of whom I love and one of whom I think at this point is a borderline bust. But they need to pay these two guys, and for lack of a better alternative as a sixth forward, Alex Newhook's going to have to play on that second line. Uh, I doubt they'll bring back – I am almost certainly won't bring back Confer and Rodriguez – if Confort leaves, maybe they can afford to bring back Rodriguez. But the Avs have to be assuming at this point that they will lose both. And that is the only reason why anyone in his right mind or her right mind would ever think of Alex Newhook at this point as deserving of uh, ice time to measure it with a second line forward. Uh, Barry Trotz, who is now the general manager of the Nashville Predators, former coach of the Predators, Stanley Cup champion, during his coaching days uh, with the Washington Capitals within the last five years, it's back in 2018. uh, He was brought into clean house and to get them as far under the salary cap as they could. Remember, this is a team that missed the playoffs. This is a team that lost in the first round of the avalanche in 2022, uh, lost in the first round to Carolina in 2021, lost in the qualifying round to Arizona, which is hard to do because Arizona was god-awful during the lockdown, and they lost three games to one in a qualifying round. They lost in the first round of 2019 to Dallas, and uh, the last time they, in fact, did win a playoff series came in 2018
0: against, wait for it now, the Colorado Avalanche. The unrestricted free agent market for centers is uh, filled with either players that aren't really significantly better Than Johansson or are going to cost quite a bit more in in money and when you're talking about Galchenyuk who was a uh, restricted free agent coming up anyway uh, you really gave up nothing but I mean you look uh, above that let's look at guys with at least uh, cap hits that played significant time at center Uh, Jonathan Taves is 35 years old a cap hit of 10.5 were you really going to get him for four do you know what Jonathan Taves has left I don't know Uh, Ryan O'Reilly is never coming back to Denver (laughs) that's not happening Uh, you, you could look at uh, Jonathan Joanne of the uh, the Canadians, some familiarity with with uh, Nathan McKinnon there, but, but do you know what you're getting? And last year he made 5.5. 5. And then interestingly, when you look at the number of guys that are eligible, they're out of the top 22 available centers, five of them are Avalanche already. Comfer, of course, uh, Lars Eller, who the abs added uh, at near the trade deadline. You talk about it, Evan Rodriguez, who is also a free agent. Uh, Darren Helm played some time there. Mikhail Maltsev, who's literally in the top 20 guys available at, at center. So, I mean, there's not a lot of top centers available. It, it, to me, it illustrates how important it and is. And there's no the, way
1: the Avalanche are bringing back some of these guys. No, the, that Darren Helm is is not coming back here.
0: Uh, I don't think Maltsev's coming back. Maltsev's I don't think not e- coming Eller's back. coming Eller's back. They not have interesting back. comfort. Can yeah. they afford him? To me, it looks like Rodriguez no, Eller, at the end 29. Listen, got Eller,
1: Eller. Eller was a good faceoff man, and he is. Uh, but That is the one skill that Johansson provides that the Avalanche don't have. But he's an older player. He is not fast. Uh, I don't know how. You know, I know there's talk that they will split up McKinnon and Rantanen next year. And uh, apparently the uh, instantaneously rehabilitated uh, Valeri Nashushkin will be on that first line, uh, probably with Lekanen uh, on the other wing uh, with McKinnon in between. And the second line would be comprised of Johansson, centering Newhook, uh, and Renton. Uh, I don't know how Johansson keeps up with Renton. I don't know how this, how he keeps up with Newhook. To, to my mind, he Sandy. does win faceoffs, and on the power play, guy can win faceoffs is valuable. Yep, and he's got enough size to park himself in front of the net. But let's be clear, folks this is a player who is not now, nor has he ever been in the same stratosphere, same universe with Gabe Landeskog.
0: No, no, not of course not even Landeskog plus. going to long-term IR frees up about 7 million. So that's four of it. Uh, although Johansson is a, uh, a pretty good defender when healthy, actually a better defender than most, a uh, good on faceoffs, as you pointed out, but no, yeah, no he's Landeskog okay. Replacement.
1: Um, but again, uh, the lack of speed, uh, he's not, uh, I, I've heard it said, and I saw some of the clips, uh, you know, he he can finish, but he's not one who generates uh, a lot of offense, a lot of scoring opportunities. And, uh, you know, the fact that, of course, he was hurt at the end of the season, that's part of the reason they let him go. Uh, they're not sure that he'll be fully recovered uh, to play an entire season uh, this year. And they only played him 15 minutes and 46
0: seconds. The game last year, and Barry Trotz didn't have anything to do with that. He wasn't around. To my mind, this makes the necessity of retaining Evan Rodriguez even more important than it was. Because I agree with you on that. I, I think that needs to be, uh, it, if
1: not the I he top needs priority, to be, I think he needs to be on that
0: second line. Right,
1: and that's the person I'd uh, to see on the second. I line. I would say, with respect to Newhook, it's now or never. And if my next February he's the same player that he was this past year.
0: Then that's I'm what trading him at.
1: and trying to get whatever you can get for him.
0: The story where you, this time of the year, you know, when you find these sort of things out, it's, it's, it ends up being kind of odd. And Randy Ranson did have some time to speak to the media today. Uh, he talked about how he found out uh, about the deal.
2: Funny. I was, I was actually waking up in uh, Napa Valley. It was my girlfriend's, um, uh, birthday party. So we went there for a couple of days and, and uh, we were departing that morning and then got a phone call from Barry.
0: So not ideal, but then again, that's the way it goes with trades. The bright side is, you know, we know about the the, the injury. Obviously we know that was a concern and for the abs, it's a concern too. You, you know, you're already a missing Gabe Landiscock. Injuries derailed this team last year that might've had a chance to repeat at the Stanley cup. But in Johansson's case, at least at this stage, even though the season ended for him, the work's gone on and the result has been pretty positive.
2: Yeah, it's definitely uh, put a, I've had to make adjustments with training and, and rehabbing and all that stuff, but I was really happy to start getting on the ice at the, at the start of June. So I skated for about a couple times a week for about three weeks and Felt really good. So that was super encouraging just with that and and being able to move forward and pass that. So I'd say I'm I'm super close to 100 percent now and and uh, hopefully to be by August, I think just full on normal and be myself. So uh, it's been it's been encouraging to, you know, have confidence uh, with moving over that injury and moving past it all.
0: So there is belief that, you know, he's going to be ready in time for the season and back to 100%. He will be 31 at that point in time. Correct. But some of this is about understanding the market that's available for this role. Understanding that because the market is so thin, that makes it more likely that you're going to lose JT Comfort, that somebody out there is going to offer more than the abs can offer. So you have to go ahead and look out there and realize, you know, do you want somebody even older than Johansson? Because that's... Uh, Taves, we talked about O'Reilly's not happening anyway, that's Eller, uh, that's Patrice Bergeron, not that that's a fit anyway, that's Nick Benino. that's uh, Nosek of Boston, uh, Stasny, all these guys are are, are even older, right. so that's not right. necessarily the fit you want, that includes a, a Darren Helm, for example, so the, the guys that might be intriguing that are on the come, you know, the Max Domies of the world, the the Paisutas of the world, but you're not going to be able to afford them, they're going to make salary jumps just like uh, comfort. So there's not that many players out there that are significantly better for the abs to get. And in this case, the abs get him for essentially nothing. And even if it doesn't work out next season, uh, were there to be a buyout, the predators are on, are on the hook for half of that as well. So listen,
1: I, I like the trade. It, it, it's there's a high floor to the trade. I, I think there's also a low ceiling uh, to the trade because th- this is not going to it's be not a, difference a player. player who makes the kind of difference or comes even close to making the kind of difference that Kadri did uh, two years ago. Now, statistically, can he get to where not even Kadri was last year, where Koffer was 52
0: last year? points, right? Yeah. uh
1: Koffer had a chance to play some with Rantan, uh, some this year with highly skilled players. And he played Newark, in all 82 games. New failed. And he was also on an injury plague team, the pitcher of durability. And that's worth something too. Yeah. And, and, that's why he'll make probably considerably more uh, half again, as much next year as Johansson will make being paid by the avalanche. Yes. Now that Johansson will be making $8 million. It will just be that half of that comes from uh, Nashville as, as part of this deal. It is a sale. Uh, It it is a sale more than it is a trade because the avalanche uh, with all due respect traded nothing. Right. Because, the, the guy is an unrestricted free agent who had no goals in 11 games.
0: Or he'll right? be, he'll be, uh, he will be. Yeah, exactly. Depending on restricted well, he's, free agent he's, he's an and, and he didn't play. Agent. So yeah, you gave up no, nothing.
1: You, you weren't going to bring him back anyway. And, and he's not going to play for Nashville either. They'll move. On. Oh no. They're just going to let him hit free agency. Yeah, right. See what happens. Something's right. Fine. So, uh, you know, I do remember, uh, Joe Hanson, uh, particularly from the series against the Az five years ago. He had two assists in game one. He had a goal in game two. He had a goal in game three. He had an assist in game four. And Nashville won the series four games to two. He had two goals, three assists, five points in six games and was a plus three. He's a good player. What he's most remembered for in 2022 in the series the Avalanche swept against Nashville was inadvertently sticking Darcy Kemper in taking Kemper out of the lineup uh, he gave the avalanche a chance to use Pavel Francouz and Francouz is undefeated in the 2022 Stanley Cup playoffs.
0: So in this case, you talked to Andy early about the the familiarity that he has uh, with some of this team. Now, when he's talking about the players that have reached out, well, the he, coach and the GM, well, sure. there's a little bit with the players as well with some of the guys that he's also familiar with. He talked about that earlier today.
2: I mean, the guys have been awesome. It's, uh, a lot of guys have uh, messaged me and, and reached out and whatnot. And I don't, I don't have any really close friends or anything, but I played with Jack Johnson for some years. Um, a couple of the guys have lived out West Cogliano and Taze. And so I used to work out a little bit with Taze and with a group of NHL players here in Vancouver, uh, Crossed paths a, a lot of times with some guys and charity events and different things like that. So Um, you know, like we were talking, just being around the league for a little while now, it's, you know, you over, over the years, you just get, you meet a lot of guys and, and, uh, certain things and, and different events and whatever it is, but, uh, definitely looking, looking forward to getting there and getting settled and, and getting, uh, getting to know these guys a lot more.
1: Remember, it's been 12 years for him. So yes, he does know. And he he is no one's idea of a villain. Uh, nope. he's, he's been a good guy. Uh, uh, earlier in his career, racked up uh, uh, some reasonably high penalty minute uh, totals. But uh, again, that is so much of an issue uh, in recent years. I guess he had 78 penalty minutes mill- in that 17-18 mm-hmm. season. Uh, otherwise, uh, since that time, uh, he's he's been around, I don't know, 40 to 45 on average. And, and for the most part, other than last year, uh, he... Uh, does seem to play a lot of games. Now, it's a little different because 19 and 20, uh, 20 and 21, those two years were affected by the lockdown, and they didn't play a full 82-game schedule. So when you see the number of games he played in those two years, naturally, it's it's not going to be a lot. Um, But, uh, yes, I like the deal. Uh, I think there are some... Areas in which he can be extremely helpful, and frankly, it's all about the price tag, and the price tag is eminently reasonable.
0: Yes, for the Colorado apple Yes, Johansson. By the way, the recovery we're talking about—he had to have surgery on the right leg after he caught a skate blade uh, back uh, in February, where it ended up basically, uh you know, costing him the rest of the the season for the most part. This is a guy that. Uh, Uh, You're not talking about it's not an ACL or something like that, but he caught a skate blade, serious uh, injury that took a lot of recovery time, but it is an interesting off season for the abs because the the money makes a big difference. I, Bowen Byram is a restricted free agent. He needs a new and deal. He needs a new deal. Uh, and, it's yeah. gonna, and they it, need the money to pay him. And it won't be a, it's not It's not going to be a, you know, break the bank one. He's a restricted free agent. There are some limitations, but it's not going to be an insignificant raise. The truth is that Alex Newick, also one of the restricted free agents, is going to get a, a, a raise of some significance. It's not going to be Byram's, but it's uh, going to be there. That's
1: why if he isn't the star that he was drafted to be by next February, you got to move him.
0: Sample Ranta, the longtime move. prospect, Ben Myers, uh, also among that group. Uh, we talked about Maltsev, another one of the free, uh, r- restricted free agents All available. those guys you can let go. Uh, I think they will be moving on, but it is those two specifically when you're talking. I, I think they'll keep Ranta because they they still like him as a prospect and he has some trade value, uh, and maybe even perhaps Myers, but it is definitely yeah. I,
1: I, I'm not a Myers fan. I, I know he was a little better late last year when he got called up. But he really was. It depends on the price tag. The Seattle uh, series, and uh, this is frankly an area of concern for the Avalanche. Uh, They don't have much in their system, right? Really, any? They've they've traded most of it away. Right? Uh, They've traded those picks away. Again, there is a price to pay for opening up a window of two or three years. Now, we thought the window might have opened last year and would extend through this year and next year at least prior to the Cup win. But I suspect the window really opened three years ago and last year the window began to close. If if, Listen, if you had told anybody after they won the Cup that they would not have their captain for the next two full seasons, no one around here, including the most partisan among us, would have even come close to suggesting that the Avalanche could win a Stanley Cup in either of the next two years without their captain. And what? yes, they, they can use his salary this year and that's all well and good. But you can use all of those seven million dollars, every penny, and you won't get a player like Gabe Landis. Want to know what you, know what you think
0: the number is three oh three eight three one thirteen forty call or text. We'll talk a little bit more about this and hear more a little bit from the newest app, Brian Johansson, next on my life sports. Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar. Presented by Burnham Law. Hire the winner at BurnhamLaw.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. Remember what the Colorado Avalanche have done, by the way. Not only have they had the opportunity, because they know that Gabriel Landeskog will be out all next season to move his $7 million to the long-term injured reserve and off the books. Uh, remember that there are Johnson's moving on after being a free agent and the avalanche are not expect to resign signed and freeze up another six. So when we're talking about looking at adding Johansson, perhaps re-signing Evan Rodriguez and giving him a bump, I'm with you. I'm inclined to agree. That, that somebody, has to be somebody of, of out the there. The
1: unrestricted free agents. He's the guy they have to bring back. I know uh, are our, best advised to bring back. Yeah, I, I mean they don't have to I'm not back I,
0: I I don't think they're going to be able or want to be able to get into a bidding war to bring Comfort back. I think that's unrealistic and the truth is if you were to look over their uh their performance with the abs last year, you know, Comfort did have the 52 points compared to a, you know, a lower number when you're talking about uh Rodriguez. Rodriguez of course kind of bounced all over the place on the 39 points. I get that. At the same time Comfort in his 82 games had 17 goals, and Rodriguez had 16 in the 69. So there was reason to believe oh, Rodriguez will definitely be less expensive, right? And that on a uh, yeah, and, his, and
1: Comfort deserves
0: a chance to play. Rodriguez a role is only one somewhere. year older than Comfort. It's not as if it's a, a a night and day difference, but yeah, it does feel to me as if uh, Rodriguez goes from being it would be nice to have him back to almost being a, a must have back given the money. Yeah, that you somewhere have.
1: between nice to have back and must have yeah back. yeah it's not an absolute
0: but it it it's it's edging up to it and I, I think assuming the ads, they lose comfort yes yes uh, definitely assuming they lose comfort for some reason Confra comes to a deal that they like uh that that's all well and good but in uh all likelihood, hard to see I think that that comfort probably gets see. an opportunity for a larger role somewhere else and you have to of course, I uh, got Bowen Byram and Alex Newhook taken care of in that span of time. So it, there are a lot of things the Avs have to do. We have seen, if, if I'm looking on the bright side, because I'm with you, I think Johansson is a nice player that, when healthy, can contribute uh, and can maybe give you numbers equivalent to what JT Comfort did last year, perhaps, if he's healthy for the majority of the sits upon maybe. that Maybe, I,
1: I think 15 goals, 14, 15 goals is about That's about if he does play with Rantanen, Robbie's production will go up a little bit.
0: And we've also seen players at that stage because Johansson will turn thirty-one. Uh, in hockey terms, that's—it's not a spring chicken, but it's not entirely an old
1: man. Yeah, I—I I think the career year though came two years ago, mm-hmm. twenty-one and Unquestionably twenty-two. Unquestionably, in my when mind, when he had the sixty-three points 26 with Nashville, goals, thirty-seven assists with Nashville, uh, right, and and played seventy-nine out of the uh, eighty-two. Uh, available uh, games. So Johansson is is someone uh, who I I think is a stabilizer, and I, I you know I'm not one who believes in faceoffs overall being that impactful on winning. There are plenty of times so you can see a team win 53, 54 percent of the faceoffs and get blown out. But it does it matter on the power out, plays, like you but said. But it does matter in certain situations. It matters late in close games. It certainly matters on special teams. I don't think he'll kill penalties. He's not fast enough. Uh, I don't recall his killing penalties uh, very much, if at all, in the past. But on the power play, um, winning faceoffs was an issue last year, especially
0: with Atlantis Gog, who would take a lot of power play faceoffs. Right. And they they were missing that. So there is some value there. And sometimes, look, that when there's a comfort level the, for the couple players, but also with uh, the staff, you know, sometimes we've seen guys get a little bit of a, a, a bump. You know, Johansson has been on a, a Nashville team that has been good but not great, but he's been there for seven years. They've had some changes over the span of time. Sometimes a change of scenery helps. But Hanson today had a chance to talk about, uh, his arrival in the avalanche and spoke specifically about not only playing against them, but the excitement of joining a team that he believes and has seen firsthand has a tremendous amount of talent.
2: Team And they, they outplayed us and beat us pretty bad. So, uh, which was obviously very recently. And I got, I got to witness a team in the playoffs. That was at the time, almost felt untouchable and felt like they couldn't be stopped. So, um, you know, it's just going through that and looking at that and, and playing against this team for many years and, and especially the group they have now for the last recent uh, chunky years here. it's There's a lot of exciting things about this team and uh, up and down the lineup and looking at their roster and guys I know a little bit and whatnot. It's, you know, it's a, and from some conversations with players here over the last few days. it's It's a hungry group that's. They've, they've, they've won. They know what it takes and they want to continue to win and they want to do it again. And, and for me as an older guy in the league now and, and been around, it's, it's a, it's a real cool opportunity for me to come into this group and, and do what I can do and, and do what I do and, and hope get back to that, that same stage.
0: There is at least some, when you talk about, you know, the, the low ceiling, high floor, that's part of at least the potential ceiling. Is that that maybe you get sort of a career second win? You're playing with some different players. You're you're feeling somewhat revitalized because you're back on a new team and hopefully healthy after the injury. And and maybe there's something about that 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 adds a little bit of value. Um, admittedly, there's we're projecting a little bit, but I'm trying to find the potential upsides. Well, and well that's, that's one that's, of them. He's We've a veteran it.
1: guy with good hands. I, I I think he's he's got good vision. Uh, a nice perception of of the game. He reads the game well. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of speed, but that's what hands and vision allow, uh, that uh, maybe you don't have to be quite as fast. And if you're dealing with people on your line who have speed, uh, I, you know, if he's got 35 to 40 assists by the end of the year, I think we'd all be pretty good with that.
0: Yeah, I think so. And the... Other reason, I think, to be optimistic about it, you talked about it. his familiarity with the staff of the Avalanche. Right. Uh, they know what he can do. And so when... And they won't put him in positions they won't, Right. Fail. They won't put him in positions where they know he will fail. And, and that's obviously advantageous, too. And you could hear, uh, when Johansson talked about it, the comfort level and, and, to a certain extent, the confidence of well, being back it, with guys that he he knows.
2: You know, it's, it's funny because I've <laughs> been in the league now for a, a good amount of time. And over the years, you you end up having relationships with so many guys and and coach and pratter were uh, my assistant coaches my second year during the lockout year in springfield mass and the columbus organization and and Mac was my assistant gm in columbus when i first arrived there and and uh so it's it's we go back way back and i've had relationships before and and it's uh it's exciting just uh you know that that those guys you know, believe in me and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, want me a part of this team and organization. So that's been a, a real exciting and encouraging thing about all this going down and just the excitement for me to, to get to Colorado and get to work.
1: And I suppose there's, I'm stretching things, but a bit of a connection with Joe Sackick, uh, both born in British Columbia, Sackick out of Burnaby and, of course, Johansson out of Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that, and uh, Nolan Pratt is the wonderful assistant
0: coach to whom he was referring, right? Uh, in that soundbite. So there, there is familiarity there, and uh, again, it's one of those things where you may not love the player, but I think given the circumstances, and especially given the Avalanche's salary situation, plus Solid the market trade. in that in that position, yeah, it's a it's a good trade. I mean, there's not much more you can really do. We didn't really talk about it. The uh, the Nuggets were in the middle of their run. And uh, the move was relatively minor. But it is worth noting that about two weeks ago, the Avs also added Frederick Olofsson from Dallas in a, uh, in a deal there that was very minor. But Olsen, a bigger body, 27 years old, 6'2", 190, born in Sweden but raised here in Colorado, in fact, played on the under-14 Thunderbolts and the under-16 Thunderbolts before going to uh, Nebraska-Omaha, a good program there, yes. and then playing professionally in Sweden before coming back to the Stars, made his debut this year. Again, not a, a difference-making player but uh, a good-sized body and a guy that can skate. And and this is kind of what the Avs are going to try to throw a little bit right now at some of the well, roster I definitely issues.
1: need uh, a little more size. And maybe you sacrifice some speed, but uh, Olsson, I think, is, at this point, a better skater uh, And another addition, essentially, Johansson. for free. So, I mean, yeah, the, the, right.
0: these are the kind of moves well, uh, the Avs are going to be you, making. You're going right to
1: have now. to find some bargain basement guys and Nobody's making $8 million a year, even if you're only paying them four of those $8 million uh, is bargain basement, Right. But, but th- it, you're right. Th- it, whether it's the draft, and it's not going to come through this year's draft, certainly, when you apply uh, your thinking to what they might be able to do next year, they need to find some people who can be useful, And are a little bigger and
0: maybe a bit more belligerent. Yeah, and that's an interesting point, Sandy. The idea that the Avs, when you lose some of the speed, the idea that the Avalanche may need to change a little bit. That Olsen deal, by the way, was just for cash. So cash trade, but give me the details there. It wasn't even for a deep pick. But the, the Avs probably need to understand that they are not going to be the team that just skates circles around people anymore. They're going to have to become a, a little bit more physical, a little more of a defensive minded club. That's the I, simple reality. I think of so.
1: It. I, and we talked about it during the break. I, I'm not saying this team needs to turn into um, a lockdown defensive team that tries to win every game one to nothing. You're to not going to turn into the, not, the Blues no, or something like that. No, you're no, into mush, I mean, you know, these teams who play like that don't make the playoffs. Generally speaking, uh, speed is the common threat. You can be defensive minded or offensive minded. Speed is, is always the common threat and they still need the speed. But I I think again, going back to the playoff series with Seattle, the Avs showed at times they could dominate the Kraken. Unfortunately, they lost all the closed games. Right just about all the close games in that series won by Seattle. So they've got to be able to win the three to two. And yes, on occasion, the two to one and one to nothing games, they've got to be on the long side of those games more often than they were uh, this year. Now we it, it looked down the stretch and I, I don't think we should dismiss that entirely. How good after the middle of January between that time and the end of the regular season, basically a half season's mm-hmm. worth, of games, that the Avalanche were as good as anybody in the league, including Boston, including the eventual Stanley Cup champion, Las Vegas Golden Knights. The Avalanche were as good as anybody for the last half of the season, and they were playing as they were during the first half of the season with Atlantis Gog and a whole lot of other guys who missed significant time during that period, and they still fashioned uh, the record they did because Jared Bednar is a terrific coach, and they are a well-managed team. Uh, they won more than 50 games, and that's nothing to sneeze at. No.
0: Uh, it's, it's not all gloom and doom. It's just the reality of when you have the star power that you do that makes the money that it does, and you have to add, I think, Bowen Byram to that in the contract he's going to get. And, and Bowen and Byram, listen, um,
1: all the injuries, certainly the concussions, and uh, the injury sustained this year, which, uh, as far as I can remember, did not include, fortunately, any more concussions. Right. He's got to play in 70, 75 games this coming year. They're going to need Newark him. has to play better. Mm-hmm. Byron
0: just has to play in more games. I mean, yeah. we're looking at the last two years. He hardly played during the right when, when he does play, obviously, tremendous uh, effect for the avalanche. So. That's kind of where the avalanche sit right now. And uh, we'll continue as the, the draft, by the way, what happens, starts on Wednesday. The Avs will have the 27th pick in that draft. We'll figure out where they go. But no immediate help uh, is in the offing there, obviously. We'll turn our attention to a bizarre weekend series in Coors Field in which somehow the Only in baseball. Only win, in baseball. they win the weekend series against the uh, the Angels. That's, but are thoroughly embarrassed yeah, that's and the humiliated. Part. In anyway. the process, and that's hard to do, but um, the Rockies are their own special animal. We'll give it a look next on Miley
2: Sports.
0: This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Some good news for the Colorado Rockies. C.J. Crone returns from the injured list uh, today, missed more than a month with uh, back issues. Crone back there on uh, May 15th was sent with back spasms. Michael Tolia, who uh, batted 174 in the 10 games with the Rockies, and Noah Davis 0-2 with a 10.61 ERA uh, Options back to the minors to make room for Crone, and they win uh, the game yesterday, four to three on Sunday, they win that proverbial rubber match, and uh, they, they get a good performance out of Ezekiel Tovar, who's now has a nine-game hitting streak with a solo homer during that hitting streak. He's hitting 351. so that's obviously a good sign for the rookie. Uh, Austin Gomber, five and seven on the year with the win. Uh, quite frankly, kind of hard to be five and seven on a team that's thirty-one and forty-nine. So I guess you have to give uh, Gomber his credit there, but. Uh, t- they lost on Saturday night, twenty-five to one. And and I, I I was doing something else on Saturday night. And I'm not joking, Sandy. I just briefly thought I wonder what's going on with the Rockies game. I asked. I said, "Hey Siri, what's the score of the Rockies game?" I wasn't looking at it. It said something. I I, I literally did a double take and like that. That can't be right. I immediately opened it up and looked. Oh my gosh, they're losing twenty-five zero. Well, it was twenty-three <laughs> to one in the, in the fourth, fourth inning, inning. and it,
1: that's just. Uh, Beyond, I I don't care if they won the series or not. Nobody's going to remember that. What they'll remember is that they gave up 25 runs and in the 60-plus year history of the Angels, they've never had a game like that. They've never hit three home runs on consecutive pitches. They did that the other night. They had an eight-run inning. They had a 13-run inning. Uh, Back-to-back, I believe. Second, third innings. I think I'm right on that. yeah, it, it, second, third, third and fourth, it whatever was bad. Was consecutive in, innings. And listen, uh, the the fact of the matter is that the only two teams in baseball worse than the Rockies are two teams that are going to lose somewhere between 110 and 120 games this year. The
0: Oakland A's are, are 20 tanky.
1: and 60.
0: Notable, no, they're tanking. They're intentionally trying to lose, then get to Vegas. Right. Kansas
1: City is 22
0: and 56. They're just awful.
1: The Rockies are the worst team in the National League, and it's—I uh, I, guess—St. Louis has split its last ten games. They seem to have found something uh, lately, but St. Louis is uh, old and slow, like the Rockies are. Let me—and they probably aren't going anywhere. But it, it, in any case, the Rockies are the, one of the three worst teams in baseball. And on Saturday night, they played the worst game that any team has played this year uh, in all. Areas and uh, even the, uh, their uh, announcers were dumbfounded. I, I mean, they, they were almost speechless.
0: They, there's I no I way give, to Let it. me give uh, Corey Little, the senior director of the Rockies Communications, and their uh, and their writers some credit here because it, from the post game notes, took a little more research than usual. Here's after that Saturday night game. Now, the 25 runs allowed is not the worst in Rockies history worst was 26 back in 1995 against the Cubs the 28 hits allowed was tied for the most that was 99 against the Reds the 24 run margin of defeat was uh, by far the largest previously it was 19 when they lost to the Cubs uh in that same game of course 26 to 7 but that's the third largest loss by any team since at least 1901 in the third inning, they allowed 13 runs. In the third, that's the worst ever. Four home runs in that inning, tied for the most in franchise history. Although that's actually happened twice before. Uh, Chase Anderson, who started there, you talked about, you know, the three straight pitches in the third inning, the the you know allowing home runs on three straight. It actually has happened to the Rockies before. They would like that up. It had back in 1996 in June against the Dodgers. Mark Thompson. Surrendered three home runs on three straight pitches, but let's just say that it was to some more notable players.
1: I don't uh, think the Angels have ever done it, but
0: uh, uh, the Angels I'm not th- surprised no, it's that the it's Angels to the never Rockies have. Uh, the Rockies had, however, uh, yeah, the Angels had had three uh, consecutive plate appearances, not three straight pitches. Right. Uh, to when Mark right. Thompson I'm, I'm did it, three straight he coughed them up to Mike Piazza, Eric Karros, and Raul Mondesi, who were, at that time were all All Stars. Noah Davis and Anderson became the first pair of pitchers to allow at least nine runs in the same game since the Phillies did it in 1985 with the immortal Joe Sambito and Calvin Schiraldi. I mean, that's how bad it is. And and winning the series with a negative 21 run differential is the second worst of all time. And the last time it happened, 126 years ago, the 1897 Louisville kernels. At a certain point, I get it. You can look at it and go, oh, it's baseball. Weird things happen. But not when it's thing weird things that happen every 130 years. You're awful. You're aggressively awful.
1: And some would look at it as a situation in which they are allegedly trying and saying that that makes it so much worse. Uh, the A's are in the right. tank. The A's, within the last five years, have fielded more than respectable baseball teams. Um, The Royals won the World Series eight years ago. Um, The Rockies have been to the playoffs twice in the last 14 years. Mm -hmm. They did not win a division series game on either occasion. Uh, they lost in the wild card to Arizona in 2017. In 2018, they lost a playoff for the division title to the Dodgers. They did beat the Cubs at Wrigley in a wild card game, but then proceeded to the division series and got swept three games out of five, three games to none by Milwaukee. Uh, so it, it's an inglorious history uh you had the 07 run to the world series you had a good team their best team i think by far their best team ever in 2009 much better team than 2017 was that won 92 games and uh, did not win the division but still won 92 games and uh pitching came apart in the playoffs unfortunately they had a pretty good pitching team that year but the They tired at the end of the year, and they lost, uh, I believe, in a sweep to the Phillies, although they had a chance. Was it a sweep or four games? Uh, They had a chance to win the three games, but in 1995, they had a chance to win three games against the Braves, too, and they actually won one. Uh, No, it's it's an embarrassment, and it's, again, proof positive that they don't have any talent. Uh, There's no help on the way. They're an old team, but they are slow. Right. And that works against all the trends in baseball today with running teams like Cincinnati, Arizona, and Baltimore, three of the best, I don't know, seven or eight teams in all of Major League Baseball right now. And they weren't expected to be. They were expected to be like the Rockies. Uh, Arizona was picked by some to finish below the Rockies. Uh, when the season began, and Arizona's in first place yeah, in the National West. Happen. Cincinnati's in first place, uh, barely hanging on, uh, having lost their last two games after that long, what was it, eleven game winning streak, right? Uh, so, uh, and and Baltimore is running away with the wild card race, and only four and a half behind Tampa, and only two in the loss column behind Tampa. Uh, and and it, most Baltimore of these would be teams, closer if it had gone uh, more than five and five in its last most of these games. teams you roll out
0: have lower payrolls than the Rockies. Yeah, they are. They are. They are below the Rockies. In and payroll. they have
1: found uh, so a dynamic young players uh, who can actually play baseball and get on base. Uh, the Rockies have older, slower players who can't play anymore and don't get on base. And uh, the, the Rocky offense, I mean, The 25 is what jumps out at you, of course, but 25 to 1 on a night where the ball is clearly flying,
2: uh, even even as
1: bad as the Rockies pitching is. Yeah, but the worst uh, run differential is tanking. If that game is played in Anaheim, the Angels don't score 25
0: runs. No, but they probably still score 15 or 16.
1: Oh, I I agree, (laughs) but they don't score 25. And the Rockies, by the way, don't score any. 25 or more is historic stuff. Even for a sport Whose history uh, measures yeah, at least uh, at least 150 years, and I I won't even I'll count the 1900s through 2023 as baseball being a game that we sort of recognize. From and the if way you count it that, it was
0: played back then. No one's ever won a series with a worst run differential. Had to go pre 1900. That's that's as bad as it got. The Rockies now minus. 123 and run differential to get an idea of how bad that is. The second worst is Washington at minus 64 in the National League. Almost twice as bad as the yeah. next best team in the National right. League. It is right. disastrous. And and I think when you look at this team, Sandy, it's and the ownership in particular, what's frustrating is we talked about those payrolls. It's not, it's different when you're complaining about your ownership being, say, quote unquote cheap. It's a middle of the road right? payroll. But but that's but it's not cheap it's not bargain basement it's not cheap what it is is poorly utilized that's even worse you're spending the money yeah, they're, but they're you're spending a, it they, on the wrong things they're a top 10 nor bottom 10 payroll team correct they're right they're in the middle yeah. and if you look at the metro size uh the denver win, in the baseball market is 16th yeah yeah so they're, they're, roughly they're in the spending middle, roughly commensurate it, to where they in a way
1: that's commensurate with the size of the market absolutely um those two factors are aligned and that's one of the many excuses they, they often give that, uh, you know, even as they're drawing two and a half to 3 million people a year that they, you know, they can't and there's afford, Ford, uh, to,
0: but well, Saturday's blowout, Sandy, it doesn't a require a lot of money. A sellout.
1: Uh, well, uh, you were telling me there were a fair amount of half price tickets. Available uh, there were but, that, but, were, but but they it was, sell a sellout. It, out. it was a nice night and they sold it out and they embarrassed themselves and, None of the people who were there on Saturday night uh, give a spit whether they won Friday and Sunday as they did. And actually, Friday night, I watched most of that game. It was a pretty good game. Uh, They came back on the Diaz Grand Slam to win 7-4. They were behind the whole game, came back and uh, won on the Grand Slam, and it was a nice game. Um, The game yesterday was, you know, they were kind of on the verge of uh, blowing it, managed to barely hang on. And therefore, win the series. But that says more about why uh, the Angels will not be in the American League postseason again this year than it says about the Rockies, uh, yeah, who also will not be <laughs> anything but
0: last in the National League. They but will have game. their uh, their token representative to the All Star game, presumably uh, realized, yes, Probably that's uh, that's it. That's all that'll be happening there. Over at Superbook Sports, by the way, we're changing the game. Help your bets stay hot this summer at Superbook Sports, the most trusted name in sports gambling, with a direct line to Las Vegas. And now when you use the promo code Mile High, you score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. And that means win or lose, Superbook will match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code Mile High. Here's how you get it. Just download the Superbook Sports app, enter the promo code Mile High, and you'll get $250 courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call one 800 Five two two forty seven hundred. The Denver Nuggets made three draft choices in the recent NBA draft. An opportunity to hear from them and GM Calvin Booth regarding the strategy. Free agency, by the way, starts later this week. At least negotiations could start on Friday. We'll hear from Booth and the newest Nuggets next on My Life Sports. Hey, but you, but you
1: in a million cause you got that shine. Shame, my body. Bone bad sun
2: or uh-huh. acid.